Well, hey, we, we, we were honored and blessed enough to, to go out from here, like Pastor just said, from here to, to Uganda, Africa. Uh, I think we were there for 10 days or something like that, flying for 20, I think 34 hours yesterday. We flew th for 34 hours to get home. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> it's a blessing. And, uh, you know, so yeah, we, we had long journey over there. Awesome team. Uh, you know how we, it was interesting. Every time we go over, we we end up finding out the Lord is doing something specific with each trip. And so we were in the, in the hotel, um, and they blessed us with a, a meeting room, and we're down there just having worship as a team before we start, start really hitting the mission field on Sunday. And um, they were so awesome. They brought water, fresh watermelon juice and jugs and lemon loaf bread and... I mean, it was a blessing. Like, we were getting, Pastor Peachy, what's up, dude? Sorry, man. How you doing, guys? Sorry. And uh, <laughs> didn't know you were here. And uh, that's the squirrel inside my brain. And, uh, and so we were, we were having worship, and uh, the Lord says, hey, you should, you should do communion. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I mean, we have red juice to signify the blood. That's pretty rad. And so anyways, we end up doing communion together as a, as a team, and it, it was powerful. Uh, we were asking testimonies of, of some of the team members at the end of the week, and one of the team members shared that his favorite part was the communion that started off the trip. And so it was, it was a powerful, powerful time, and we go in, and... and we start doing ministry Sunday at Jericho Breakers, and uh, God, God does his thing, and people got saved and healed. And then we go out to a town called Matuma. Matuma, my wife's shaking her head in the back. Matuma. And uh, this is pretty cool stuff, man. This is like Paul stuff. I'm not saying I'm Paul. I'm saying this is like Paul. They had never seen white people where we went and ministered. We were the first white people uh, that went out to this, this church. And, and as, as Becky Holbrook would put it, I don't see, Becky, you here? Must be sleeping. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, we were, I mean, deep. We're driving and driving, and I'm like, man, if we get lost, we're, I mean, somebody could take us. We're never going to be found. And as she put it, she's like, I literally thought I was at the end of the earth, and then we made another turn, and there was more people living there. And so uh, we go out and, and find out that, yeah, they'd never seen white people there and had white people minister there at all. And um, we were on our day two driving out there, and there was this old woman sitting out, out in front of her, uh, her house. And I just wanted to stop. I just wanted to stop and talk to her. I'm not even going to tell you that it was spiritual, but, like, I wanted to just sit and, like, ask her what her life was like. Just talk. We were running late to the, to the church conference, so we didn't. And um, the next day, we were driving out there, and I see her, and I, I yelled at Pastor Joseph. I said, hey, stop the bus. Stop the bus. And so he stops the bus, and I get out of the, I get out of the bus, and I go down to this old lady, and she was laying down on a blanket underneath a tree this time, not in front of her house, but underneath a tree. And um, I just went out with the translator who was the Uganda police officer. We just sat down and talked. And um, 
You know, I didn't think much of it, getting out of the bus, because we had a schedule to keep. And so get out of the bus, and, and I, like I said, I squat down and start talking to her, and she'd never seen white people before. And then she sees this big, gigantic Mzungu. <laughs> That's what she, they call white people, Mzungus. And uh, I don't know, I talked to her for, I don't, I don't know how many minutes, five, ten minutes, something like that, and pray for her. And the Lord absolutely, what I thought was just me wanting to connect with another person, um, I probably cried for the next 10 minutes. Like, I couldn't stop crying. Didn't talk to anybody. I just sat back down on the bus, and I just started crying. The Lord blew me away with how much he loves us. I wish I was able to articulate to everyone. His love for us is Unbelievable. As I sat here and talked to this lady, he loves her so much. And uh, thank God I had sunglasses on. <laughs> and so we go to the conference, and um, what do you know? The topic for that, that day was love. And as... as God was pouring out his love in us and to us to pour out. They were feeling loved. We saw so many healings that day. So many healings. And so that was, that was a powerful time because I didn't think about this. I'm not a real deep thinker, Pastor Mickey. Um, but, you know, it's funny Jesus was just walking down through a town and he stayed in, he was scheduled to go somewhere else. His schedule was saying he was going somewhere else, but he was just passing through and decided to stay an extra time with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus got saved and paid back multiple, I think like 10 times much as he took from people. And so I just want, I share that testimony to share with everyone, like us Americans are so good at schedules. <laughs> We're super good at schedules. I just want to encourage us to, to slow down and remember relationship. Um, because in those relationships is where we experience love. We can't experience love with schedules. Schedules can't, can't give back love. But relationships can. And so... We go and we minister at this, this church conference, and lo and behold, where this church conference is being held, um, this pastor in 1989, this is so cool. We didn't know this beforehand, thank God, Pastor Joseph doesn't share everything with us. In 1989, this pastor of the church out in this, I'm, you can't even say middle, that's the end of Uganda somewhere. Um, he had a dream that his church would host white people in 1989. And he thought to himself, God, I don't even know any white person. I've never left the village. How is that ever going to happen? In 1989, I think I was 12 or 13 or something like that. Wouldn't you know? 2022. He had a group of 17 Americans come 
to preach the gospel in his church. Amen. And so that first day of that first day of the church, if that pastor, you know, I say it all the time and we've talked about it here about our pastors are awesome and amazing because they said yes. Right. They said yes. And it has changed how many of our lives. Raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. And so this pastor said yes. And then 17 Americans come because he said yes. And then we go and his that church conference went from about I think they had 400 seats purchased uh, the first day. By the third day, there were 900 seats purchased, and there were still people standing around by the third day. And, and I want to share, you know, in Revelation uh, chapter 12, it says that they overcame by what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies. So the first day, they had like 400-ish, and then the testimonies started going the testimonies of healings, the testimonies of salvations, the testimonies of love, the testimonies of unity in in the body of Christ. Not division, unity. Not black and white, saved and unsaved. And every day, the church grew. Every day, the church grew up to about 1,000, they said, because they register everybody. And I just, I get a kick out of that. I get a kick out of that you go preach the gospel and the church grows. You go preach the gospel, which is what he told us to do. He told us to go preach the gospel, and he would take care of the church growth, right? And that's just the coolest thing to see in the middle of a jungle. It's like, how did, how did it just double? Like, where do they come from, right? And so um, that happens, and then we go to the crusade that first night, and, and this, there's this little girl that um, she was, she was she, man, she didn't act like some little girl. Tell you what. She came up somehow because we started praying for folks. There's about probably 400 people down on the, in the, on the ground. Uh, not on the ground. They're standing on the ground. Just We came down from the crusade stage. And uh, the team starts praying for people. And this little girl, I think she was 10, 12, something like that, um, she starts manifesting. She was, she was mad. And... Uh, is the word she used. And so she gets brought up on the stage and team members are praying for her. And um, one of our brothers there, Livingston, uh, used to be a bouncer. Or not Livingston, Herbert. Herbert used to be a bouncer in bars and now he's saved an evangelist. Get tons of people saved out on the street. And um, she kicked him. I mean, she was laying on the ground, Pastor Doug, and like, I don't know how she did some ninja stuff. She like levitates off her back and goes, wow, bah, and kicks him dead in the sternum. I wish I could have seen it because I still got to tease him for getting beat up by an eight-year-old girl. And, uh, and so she gets set free that night. She gets set free that night. Oh, come on. Now, see, this is something, <laughs> this is something we need to get better at. Can I, can I just kind of preach to you a little bit? Are you sure? <laughs> you know what we need to get better at here in, in church? Is we, I just shared a testimony of an 8 to 10 year old girl just got set free. Just got set free. And we're like, yay. Praise God. Now I want to say, what if it was your 8 to 10 year old daughter? What if it was your, because see, we should be praising the Lord as though it is, because it is. She's part of the family. See, maybe... Glory to God. 
See, when pastor was up here and he's like, cars paid off, maybe, maybe when we start praising the Lord, when somebody's car gets praised, paid off and we start praising God as though it was like ours being paid off, maybe that's when yours will get paid off. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And so the first night she gets set free. The second night, glory to God, now some people get it. Now all of y'all that have kids, that, kids and sons and daughters that aren't saved yet, Mm, come on. And so she comes back the second night to give a testimony. And she gives a testimony the second night of getting set free. Then the third night, she comes and she answers the altar call. Now, come on. That's the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She comes the first night, gets set free. Comes the second night, and by the blood of the Lamb and the, and the word of her testimony, comes the third night and gets saved get saved. Hallelujah. Golly, God's awesome. And so, so then another, another thing that, that happened there, and this is, the, this is the stuff I just like, God's rad? Like, come on, how can you not want to go to the ends of the earth and go preach the gospel everywhere? So she comes and she gives her testimony and she said, I had a tumor on her leg. I think it was her leg. Babe, was it her leg? Yeah, and so she had a leg, a tumor on her leg and gets prayed for, and it was gone. Gone. A big old tumor. Big old tumor. Praise God. Come on, man. You know what God can do up in this house? You know what he's going to continue to do in this house when we start praising the way we are? Come on, we're learning stuff tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, I can already sense Pastor Doug is going to get better and better. That's why he wanted second. <laughs> and so, so if he does, and I'm just letting you know, if he doesn't go into a place where we, we start praying for people for healing, then, you know, because it's going to be easy. We, want, we might not even have to lay hands on you. Might not even have to lay hands on you. And so she gets healed from that. Praise God. Vision restored in, in old man's eyes. Come on. 80-something pastors there in this, in, this, in this little town called Matuma. I mean, when I say town, y'all are probably giving it too much credit. Um, <laughs> and so God, God did something cool. This Catholic church, and I'm going to say the Catholic church. If you're Catholic here and here tonight, praise God. Love you. We were going to have the crusade pastor in the, in the soccer field right by the Catholic church that the Catholic church owns, but they, they were too religious and said they didn't want, you know, people to have freedom um, and set free. And so we couldn't hold the, the crusade there. So we ended up having, the, you know, this is funny. We had to have it in the middle of Matuma where, that, where the, the, the grounds itself would only hold about three to 4,000, and it was packed. And, and, but what's funny, it's in the middle of the city. You want to know how many people were on the, on the streets and on the business storefronts and boda 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 bodas are little motorcycles. Like they taxi everyone around with and, and haul dryers on and chickens on and pigs on, man. I tell you what, I, the reason I don't have a truck is because I don't like helping people move. I had a truck once and all you do Every spare minute is you're helping people move and do yard work when you have a truck. And so I'm like, I ain't having a truck ever again. I need a motorcycle. Nobody ask your help for moving stuff when you have a motorcycle. 
until you go to Africa and you see them hauling, no, I'm not kidding you. This is the first time we ever seen it. We were over there. The guy was hauling a dryer on the back seat of his boat to boat. It was like, a dryer? I don't have an excuse. To not. Sorry, babe, we can't, buy, we can't bring that home from R.C. Willie. <laughs> get, it, get it delivered. And, uh, and so thousands upon thousands of people were in this little city along the street sides and everything. God ended up multiplying it more than what probably would have been at that soccer field. Amen? And so um, what these pastors had never seen before, which blows my mind because we're so blessed here. We're so blessed in this church. It's, it's unbelievable, man. And so, you know, I sometimes get a little like, oh, boy, what are they going to think? You know, I'm going to be me. And so, uh, you know, God showed me somebody down in the, in the audience, crowd, whatever you want to call it, crowd. And so we go, I go hunting for him. And, uh, you know, it's a crusade. That's not supposed to happen, allegedly rules. And so uh, what ended up happening to these pastors that were part of the crusade and part of the church conference was they were so moved that for the first time, they didn't just see the Bible being taught. And I'm like, what? What do you mean just taught? They're like, well, we don't, we don't see miracles like this. What do you mean you don't see miracles like that? But don't you teach the word? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, don't you believe the word that it says, if you teach the word, signs, miracles, and wonders will follow? The overseer of this region just looked at me when I said that. And he goes, it does, doesn't it? And I go, yep. And he goes, but I love how you show and then tell. I said, well, then you should do it. And he just looked at me. I said, why not? Why not you do it? You start asking God, use you that way, with word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Start seeking and desiring it. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, one of the things that we go out for, and we will continue to go out there for, and what what we're realizing with this missions ministry, is the one and dones don't help much. The ones and dones don't help much. But what has been happening is, because we keep going back, and we keep going back, they realize we love them. They realize we're not giving up on them. They realize we're part of their community. And so Pastor Emmanuel, who's a pastor of a church about five hours away or something like that, where where we've done crusades and church conferences as well, um, he shared a testimony. And I remember being part of this testimony, but I didn't realize what the testimony was. And we got to share this testimony. I'm trying to remember, Pastor Doug, if it was, if it was your trip that we shared. Um, no, it was the last trip we went there. It was the last trip. And so this little boy got prayed for, and mom had x-rays because the hospital sent him home. And we didn't know this. We, we knew he was sick, but we didn't know the testimony. <laughs> so he, mom had x-rays of little boy with what I thought was ulcers because you have a tough time hearing sometimes with how loud they run their treble on their speakers. And um, he gets prayed for, and, and all the pain went away. Praise God, all the pain went away. And so he gives the testimony that he's healed. 
they go back to the hospital because the hospital sent them home and said he's going to die. He had tumors. All of the spots that we could see in the x-rays were all tumors throughout his entire chest and lungs and, and intestines. And Pastor Emmanuel says, no, Pastor Bill, you don't understand what happened. He got healed, and when he went back to the doctor and they took more x-rays, the doctor said, this is a miracle. Yeah. Praise God. The doctor, the doctor in the hospital saying this is a miracle. So then... Mom saved. Mom took him out of the hospital and said, well, there's Americans here preaching the word. We're taking him there. He gets healed. Dad was an unbeliever. I don't know if you heard what I said. I said was. I said he was an unbeliever. Now he's a believer. Now they're all part of the church. Amen. Now they're all part of the church. Now this is, this is the cool stuff that happens with God. What is it? Is it Luke chapter 10, I believe, when, when God sends, yeah, Luke chapter 10, when God sends out the 72 and he says, if they, if they receive you, give them your peace. If they don't, shake off the bottom, the dust off the bottom of your shoes and better off with Sodom and Gomorrah. This village area has received us. Their economy has boomed. Their economy has boomed. They have two wood mills there now, producing wood and plywood and two-by-fours. Another, another person there, there, he said his coffee, coffee company is booming. Praise God. Yeah, praise God for coffee drinkers. And, uh, and the church is growing. Here's what's awesome is he said, even unbelievers have been blessed since you've been coming. Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to keep going back to these towns in Mutumu, Mutuma, Mutuma. I wish I could remember the other word. Uh, during, during the trip, we had the Uganda police. It's funny. Every time Uganda police comes to the bus, we've had one saved last trip. Not the trip we just got back from, the trip before. He got saved. Um, and that's a hilarious story because somebody was, using the, was easing themselves. And, and this police officer was getting saved saying the, saying the prayer and the person easing themselves in the bathroom comes walking out and they're like, yeah, I didn't think I would ever have that experience. And they're like, what? And they're like, I was just easing myself and, and just heard, you know, so-and-so leading somebody, leading the officer to Christ while they were easing themselves. <laughs> Praise God. Well, this trip, um, one of our team members uh, took and asked the question to the Uganda police officer uh, if he speaks in tongues. And he says, no, huh? So they prayed for him, and he now speaks in tongues. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> then our bus driver, Anthony, he gets asked, Anthony, you speak in tongues? No, what is that? Well, one of our team members taught him, laid hands on him. Now he speaks in tongues. Amen. Praise God. We had salvation. It was awesome. We had salvations outside of crusades, outside of church, people getting, getting prayed for and, and healings. And 
um, praying for some Muslims while, while people were shopping, praying for a Muslim's little boy, a 12-year-old boy and his mom. And uh, I just want to encourage you. I guess two things I want to encourage you on. One, go be the light and life to people around you. Like, no joke, like, pray that God expands our hearts and that we can love like he loves. And just, man, it's amazing. One of our, one of our rules about mission trips is have fun. That's like, have fun. What other rule? Well, if you're not having fun, that means you broke a rule. It's amazing when you just go have fun, the connection you can make with people. Like when people, like when Muslim, this happens all the time because I'm stupid. Um, it's probably going to come back and haunt me one day. But anytime I see Muslim girls photo bomb, doing uh, selfies, I'm jumping in. <laughs> I'm hoping that pretty soon the teammates that I take with me start realizing they should do it so this 40-something young man doesn't have to. Um, yeah, Jen, my wife goes, you know, sometimes one of their husbands is going to be by. And I'm like, didn't think about that. And, uh, and so, but what's funny is it breaks the, kind of breaks the ice for them to have a good interaction with an American. Amen? We were told a lot on this trip that we were ambassadors of America. And so I, I, I spoke to the minister. I said, well, well minister, honorable minister, I'm an, uh, I'm, I'm an ambassador of Christ. See, when you're an ambassador of Christ, you don't have to worry about the country you're from because you should be living the right way anyways. Right? And so, you know, things are happening in the, in the country of Uganda. We we've, were asked to go to the... I wish my wife was sitting up front so I didn't have to yell at her. Um... And so it's like, it would be like the senator of the house there. Um, we, got, we got invited to the prime ministry house uh, to go meet prime ministers and, and all this stuff. And yeah, crazy. Um, but when stuff like that starts happening, you can sit back and be like, God's doing something with this country. God wants to do something with a country when all of a sudden, you know, missionaries start getting introduced to to prime ministers and, and you know, some, God's doing something. And I want to, again, I want to encourage you that things like that happen because th- this church is sending people out. And when this church is sending people out, God, pastor had taught on it a, a long time ago about, um, you know, if you're in a house that's not blessed, <laughs> you should be wondering something. You gave a teaching one time. You, you said, I will never forget this because I was thinking about it on the airplane back, Pastor. You said, if, if people under you aren't being blessed, you're asking yourself, why not? It's a good, kind of a good barometer of us leaders of like, hmm, what's happening? And so because this house is sending out and sowing seed, it's flourishing. And Pastor Joseph, who we've been working with for Seven years now, seven years. I see my wife's head shaking. Um, he has now been put up for. This is so cool that Uganda does this. They have pastors. I think five pastors, if I remember correctly, 
five pastors over the entire nation of Uganda who directly report to the president. And he's now being put up to be one of the five pastors. And yeah, praise God. And Pastor Joseph said, he turned to me, he goes, Pastor Bill, when we get this position, the entire garage door, he didn't say garage door, I said garage door. He said the entire doors of Africa to Uganda is opening. We will be able to go everywhere anytime we want. Praise God. Praise God. And so I want to urge you as, as we continue to do this for the kingdom of God, be partakers of it. You, you'll get the same reward as the people that go. Amen? And so, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to share those with you. I could keep on preaching and, and, and go into healing. And, and, I mean, I'll let Pastor Doug do it. <laughs> Pastor Doug, come share Mexico. <laughs> Now I get to try to one-up Pastor Bill on that. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, man, our, our testimony for our trip really starts before we even left. And um, regarding, you know, one of the main purposes of our mission trip was the Mexico boxes. You guys remember the Mexico boxes that we were raising funds for? Um, really, it starts with that. We... Um, you know, way before they, they got announced that we were doing Mexico boxes, we had all on our team knew that this is what we were going to be doing. And so we, we got together and we're praying uh, before we go, months before we go. And, um, you know, we get it in our hearts that we're going to do 1,200 Mexico boxes. Like that's what the number came back from the missionary who's down there, the Lupnitzes. They've been down in Mexico for decades and that's who we partner with down there. And so they're like, yeah, we can do 1,200. That's like 12 villages and this many days. And it's like, okay, we can, let, let's plan on doing 1,200 boxes. And, uh, and then, you know, we had the announcement and we had a, a goal of $15,000. And in, in my heart, I'm like, well, we planned on $20 per box. So what we prayed for well before the goal was announced was 24,000 because we knew that, uh, that that's 20 bucks per box, 1,200 boxes, 24 grand. And so we're like, Lord, we're asking in Jesus' name, and we're you know, taking, taking our position as sons and daughters of God and asking our good Father for, for the funds to do what he's calling us to go do. And uh, so we're believing God, we're believing God. And you know, I don't know if you guys remember the numbers as they came in, but like the first week was like $2,000. <laughs> it's like... It's like, you're not, listen, we're not going to get discouraged. We know that we prayed, and because we prayed and we asked, that the Lord heard us, and we received $24,000. And, uh, and so it just kept, you know, slowly growing week after week. And then the last Sunday, which was the Sunday before we went to Mexico, uh, was the final deadline to give. It got announced that as of the week before, there was an... There was 18,000 that had come in. And then on Tuesday, we found out by the deadline what had actually to total had come in, which was 24,490 something by that time. And so our whole team was just ecstatic because, like, we asked, we prayed, and we believed God for that, and we got 
1,200 boxes is what we're, what we're going to do, which was cool because, you know, several weeks prior to that, we had to start organizing and how to get all of those boxes and everything that goes in those boxes coordinated in Mexico. And so Carl, uh, the Lupnesses, uh, he's the head missionary down there. Um, he's been, he was working for months with these different box companies trying to figure out how to get boxes, uh, shoe boxes there. And he was working with this one company and he's basically, it's like this political thing to get into the box world there apparently because <laughs> he tried for months, he said. And, and he had this one person that he found that was really trying to help him. And so he ends up coordinating it with this other box company. And th so this is one box company that he's working with. They find this other company, and sure enough, they have a surplus of shoe boxes, 1,200 shoe boxes. And they end up, um, Carl's like, yep, that'll work. Let's, let's, let's purchase those. And he goes to purchase them, and, she, and, and the person, this lady that was part of the first company that was helping him find everything was like, don't worry about it. I actually picked up the tab on those boxes. So those boxes were just donated by a Mexican shoe company that paid another Mexican shoe company, shoe box company, to, to send them to us. So it was awesome just to see how God was working throughout this whole process to the point where some of the things just blew our minds of how everything came together. Some of the things, like we found out Tuesday that we had enough for 1,200 boxes and we weren't spending the money that we didn't know we had. So we were, you know, all of a sudden, now we have more money, we can do our 1,200 boxes. How do we get more stuff there, right? And so we were bulk ordering stuff on Amazon in the States because in Oaxaca, Mexico, it's like a week to two weeks to get anything. And, uh, and so we were bulk ordering things on Amazon, getting shipped to our house so we could throw stuff in luggage, you know, luggage and haul it down there. And uh, we, we ended up ordering a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, it says one date when you order it. And then, like, the next day, it's like it, it, we, left, we left Thursday at 5 p.m. is when we had to be at the airport. And um, all of a sudden, it's saying it's going to arrive Friday before midnight. And we're like... And it's like pretty good size orders, right? Like, you know, one of them was like 800 backpacks. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, well, you know, you don't want to have to deal with returning that if they come late. <laughs> so we end up, um, we're like, you know what? We're just going to believe God that he, he knew all this was going to happen in this way. And so he's going he's gonna to make this thing work. He's going to work everything out. And even talking with Carl, he, he went through the ringer trying to get all this stuff because he had a short window to try to get it into, into Puerto Escondido. Um, and so he, I could tell he was a little discouraged. And I was like, listen, God knows that we need all these things. And so that was kind of one of our mottos of this whole trip was like, the Lord knows, right? The Lord knows we have need of these things. And we just kept saying, well, the Lord knows, you know? And... Uh, and so it's like the Lord knew we weren't going to be able to order this till Tuesday, so it's going to come in before, before we go. Wednesday night after service, it still said that they were going to arrive by Friday before midnight. We wake up the next morning, it says it's going to arrive by Thursday by 5 p.m., which is when we have to be at the airport. So we're like, well, we don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to work. 
They end up showing up at 2.30 on Thursday before we go. We end up being able to bring all this stuff. And then once we get to Mexico, it's still like we have, a, we have a lot of stuff, but there's still more things that we need to fill the extra boxes. And, uh, and so we're, you know, our first day there, we're shopping, right? We're, we go out shopping in Puerto Escondido, Mexico. And it's, there's, there's, it's, it's not a very big town. And so we're looking for bulk stuff, and there's nowhere to buy bulk stuff. Uh, we find this little shopping center, this little, not even the main one in town. You know, you know, you guys know the main one. It was this like obscure one that was like for the super poor people in that town, and uh, and they ended up having 350 soccer balls, <laughs> and we wiped them out of soccer balls. And which was enough to completely take care of all the rest of the boxes to have all the, all the, all the boys' boxes have soccer balls. And, uh, and it was just one thing after another after another that things just lined up. And uh, we went to nine different villages. One of the villages we went to was literally three hours straight up a mountain. It's like 85 degrees there, humid. Everyone's sweating. I know you feel bad for us, right? With... with with my tan face. We left, it was winter. We got to Mexico, it was summer. We came back, it was winter. So it was, yeah, f- fall, summer, winter was the order in which we went. Yeah. Anyway, we get up to this, this mountain. It's like 65 degrees. It's cold up there compared, that, like that's how high we, we went. And it's up this like dirt road. We have a giant sprinter van is what, you know, we, the Life Church actually blessed the Lupnitzes with a few years ago. And uh, it's, that thing's hauling an enclosed trailer because that's how we have to pull the boxes around. And so he is like, Carl's, he amazes me with the way he can drive. Just amazing with a trailer. I thought for sure some of the times that trailer was going off the edge. It didn't. He's amazing. The Lord knows. He just kept saying that over the Lord knew we were going to be hauling this massive, like, train. is like we're, this giant train going through the jungle of Mexico up switchbacks that are dirt. Yeah. We, we saw some cr- pretty crazy things. Like, how are those things not miracles? <laughs> and, uh, and so we end up going to nine different villages, and just the, you know, we're giving these shoe boxes away. First, we're packing them which 1,200 boxes, if you've, I don't know if you've ever been a part of our church packing days where we, in previous years, would pack boxes here. But, you know, I think the most we've ever packed in-house was 900, and we had like 60 people to do that. Well, we had 12, and we're packing 1,200, and we had four different boxes because of the different ages and genders. Only two genders, by the way. Um, <laughs> Not four genders, just two genders, but the different age groups. And uh, so we have four different assembly lines that we're, we're, we set up, which is just a whole extra layer of time and effort that we had to pack onto this thing. And so we spent all day, our second day there, packing boxes, and we still didn't get them all done. So we were packing boxes. Sometimes we'd wake up at like 7 in the morning. 6.45 was one morning. 6.45 to go pack boxes so we could leave by 9.30 to go distribute them. 
So it was, it was a ton of work and a ton of logistic, logistics to fill, figure out. But man, the Lord just provided us with grace and the ability to do it. And then, and then the actual distribution of the boxes was just this, it's hard to describe it, but you know how Jesus said that it's more blessed to give than to receive? It, that, it, it just rang so true. When you're seeing kids get boxes and then afterward they're bringing them back to you like, like do, you, do we get to keep these or do you want these back? And like, they just had never experienced anything like that. And we're going, to, we're going to places where, you know, some kids don't have shoes and, you know, the, most people's floors are dirt. Like, it's extremely impoverished. In fact, Oaxaca is the most impoverished state of Mexico. And so that's where we're distributing all these, these boxes. And, and then just to see, like, parents coming up to you and thanking you with tears uh, for what their kids have, have received and and then man you get you get to share the gospel and so we we got to share the gospel before the boxes cuz once you give a kid a box you lose them completely <laughs> so we did it beforehand which you know they'll listen to you if you're going to give them something right and you're they're all ears and so we're we're preaching to these kids and man every single one of those kids I mean, every single one in every single village is praying with us as we begin to pray for, for them to receive salvation. They're praying along. And even we're looking out because the parents are all standing back. All the kids are up front because that's how they do it. They call the kids up. And, uh, and the parents are praying. They're, they're, they're getting born again. And, uh, and so we just saw, I, I don't know, several hundred salvations likely because... Man, it was amazing. And I just want to say a large part of what God did there was because of what you guys did, right? Like, like you guys were a part of that. You guys were a part of these kids receiving salvation, these, these villages being forever changed. We partnered with a lot of the churches in these villages to be able to distribute these boxes. And they were the ones that went ahead and, and like, you know, spread the word that we're coming and organized it all. And uh, one thing that we heard is one, one, one Friday, we gave boxes out right in front of the church. And the next day, they had they, this particular church, which is rare there, but they did, a, they did church on Saturday. And they saw significant increase of people coming to their church and because of what we had done the day before. And so not only was it, yes, we're very, being very evangelistic, but man, we're bolstering these churches that are out in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, people are flooding to them, and, uh, and they're seeing, and they're experiencing the love of God. It's, it was cool to hear that you guys had an emphasis on the love of God, because that's totally what our trip was about, too. And like, uh, I ended up preaching the first Sunday at a church in, in, in Puerto Escondido, and it was like, there was just no doubt in my mind on what the subject was supposed to be, which was love. Like, that's just what it was supposed to be. I knew that. What's funny is I had asked a couple other people to, you know, prepare a message before you go and seek the Lord on what, you're, what you might say. And, and after I get done preaching, they're like, every single one of them was like, that's, you just preached the message I had prepared. Like... <laughs> 
literally almost the ex- like four or five of the same exact scriptures. And, uh, and we ended up carrying that message where, where we went, and we ended up going to three different churches. And, uh, man, it was just so cool to see what God did. And that was really our heart was let the love of God flow through us. And, uh, you know, they're experiencing it through boxes. They're experiencing through the gospel being shared. We, we, we saw several healings, um, a few people with hernias, like visible hernias, all of a sudden gone. And just hernias just instantly. This one lady had a, had a knee that uh, one of the people on the team prayed for, and she couldn't straighten her knee out. And so she was walking around with a stick to try to hold herself up. And uh, afterwards, she's jumping on her knee and throws her stick down and walks away. And so, come on. It's like, you know, the, the name of Jesus that we preach is the same name of Jesus anywhere you go. And he backs up his word and he backs up his name anywhere you go. It doesn't matter was many of these people, they had never heard the gospel before in these events that we were doing. So how awesome it is that you get to share the gospel for the very first time with someone who's never heard the good news. They hear about a, a person named Jesus, but in their mind, it's not the same Jesus that we know because they don't associate Jesus with redemption. He's just another religious figure. And uh, man, what an awesome, awesome blessing it was to be able to to lead the team, but to, to be able to distribute the boxes that the whole church got together and said, we're going to go bless these kids. It was, it was a humbling experience and, uh, and something that I'll, I'll never forget. And I, I just know that the, the impact in these areas is insane. What, what, what's happening with just what you can do with a $20 box is just absolutely nuts because of how, how they receive it. And so... Praise the Lord.